Hello and welcome to Newsmax Daily for Monday, November the 6th, 2023. The first of four Mondays this month. We'll also have four next month as well, with the last being Christmas Day, Monday, December the 25th. And that will about wrap it up for 2023. We kick off the week with National Saxophone Day, an amazing instrument created by Belgian instrument designer Adolf Sax on November 6th. Take a guess. 1846, that's how long the saxophone has been around and obviously has been improved and updated many, many, many times since the original 1846 sax. Today is also National Broadcast Traffic Professionals Day. I, like many other news reporters and broadcasters, worked as a traffic reporter at one point in my career, so I would like to recognize all the very hardworking and underpaid traffic broadcast professionals who serve a great purpose to the community. Chances are, if you are working, you may have listened to a traffic reporter on your way to or from work today. On the food calendar, today is hashtag National Nachos Day, something you may have in indulged in over the weekend. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. The weather was outstanding in many parts of the country. Decent weather in New York for the New York City Marathon. My cousin Peter actually participated in that, so hopefully you got out wherever you are and enjoyed it a bit. Hopefully your team or teams were in the win column as well. My stinking Miami Dolphins stunk it up in Germany on Sunday, so I was not happy. Monday Night Football features a matchup between the L.A. Chargers, still weird to say L.A. Chargers, and the New York Jets. The Giants lost yesterday, the L.A. Rams lost yesterday, the Dallas Cowboys lost yesterday, and 29-year-old Ryan Blaney won the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series Championship Sunday at Phoenix Raceway. Blaney drives the number 12. 12 Mustang for Team Penske, who also won the championship last year with uh, Joey Logano in the number 22 Mustang. And that brings an end to the NASCAR season, which will kick off again in February with the big Daytona 500 uh, about 40 minutes up the road from me. Topping the headlines today, the Israel-Hamas war rages on. The politics over the war in D.C. rage on. The Florida GOP summit here in Orlando Saturday and after last week's testimony from Don Jr. and Eric Trump, former President Donald Trump will be in court today to testify in the fraud trial against his real estate company and his family. That is one of the big stories today, along with a new poll showing that Donald Trump is still doing very, very well. And I'll get to more on that in a little bit. First, the ongoing conflict in the Middle East and Secretary of State Blinken's visit to Israel and Turkey continued to dominate the conversation over the weekend. This is Wyoming Representative Harriet Hegman on Saturday Report. Uh, this is a failure from top to bottom with the Biden administration. Uh, their, their approach to Israel, their approach to this entire conflict from the beginning has largely been to try to get Israel to back off from doing what it actually needs to do to address the threat over there. And then their response to the fact that there are Americans that have been killed and Americans that are still being held captive in, in, the, in Gaza, and they are doing, from what we can tell, very little to actually respond to that and respond to it with strength. You know, I've often said that 
when you lie down with dogs, you wake up with fleas. And that's kind of the situation that we're in. The Biden administration is attempting to appease its left flank, uh, the squad in Congress and people like them. And so as a result, rather than addressing the terrorist threat that is a threat worldwide, they are trying to get Israel to back down from doing what they need to do. Again, I think that this is just a failure on the Biden administration's part. And I, I support Israel's decision as to what they need to do. You know, it's, it's really crazy. All of these things that are happening down in D.C. right now, you and your colleagues have put forth a package that allows us to claw back some of that money that, that was allocated uh, by the previous Congress uh, to start rummaging through the bank accounts of everyday Americans with the addition of those IRS agents. Uh, and yet somehow in this moment, when our greatest friend and ally for peace in the Middle East needs our assistance, uh, the bill is ready to go. Chuck Schumer has said it is dead on arrival. The president has threatened to veto it. How is it possible that we have reached a point in time where they have decided that aid for Ukraine and the political needs of their party means more than giving Israel the urgent dire assistance they need right now? Well, it just makes no sense. The House, the, the House, con uh, the Republican-controlled House last week passed a bill that we would provide over fourteen billion dollars in aid to Israel. Uh, that was the right thing to do. That's what we've done, and uh, we had some Democrat support. But yes, as you say, Chuck Schumer has said it's DOA. President Biden has indicated he will veto it simply because it is actually has a pay for provision. We're taking money that would be used by the IRS in the future, and we are repurposing that so that we can get it to Israel immediately. And they are so bent upon making sure that they can clutch, as, take as much money as they possibly can from everyday Americans that they're unwilling to immediately get money to Israel. You're right. It makes absolutely no sense, but it demonstrates the level to which this place has been politicized by the left, specifically to, again, not support Israel in the way that we need to, while at the same time making sure that we are spending money on things we shouldn't be spending money on. Republican Representative Harriet Hageman on Saturday Report with host Joe Pinion. Newsmax reporters on the ground in Israel once again came under fire while keeping us updated over the weekend. Our own correspondent Shelby Wilder is live in Israel with the latest. Shelby. Right, right. Get down. Um, well, we're going to uh, keep in touch with them to make sure that they are safe. But I think it just helps illustrate just how dire things are over there currently uh, running. Uh, we're going to probably break away from that and uh, uh, and continue on with the show here. I want to bring our uh, correspondent Shelby in who had to flee there. You heard the alarms going on. Shelby, are you OK? Uh, talk to us a little bit about what's happening here. So, yeah, we just uh, took cover. Um, we're in uh, outside, really, the, the Gaza Strip in the southern Israeli town of Sterot. And uh, when you hear that siren, you've got about five or seven seconds. That's artillery uh, that you might be able to hear in the background. Um, but there was a hit, and it was a missile that flew over us and has hit somewhere in this town. Uh, yesterday, about 300 feet from where I am, uh, another missile hit very near John Huddy, our reporter, um, and that landed in uh, the yard of a kindergarten. But I want to just very briefly go into some updates here on the ground. As I mentioned, we're in southern Israel in Sterot, which is less than two miles from the border with Gaza. Some parts of this city, really at the closest where we are right now, uh, is barely half a mile from the Gaza Strip, which is actually behind us. 
and residents have been urged to evacuate uh, Sterot after the October 7th terrorist attacks, which killed many civilians here. So now the city is relatively deserted except for members of the press and military. And again, we're up on a hill on a vantage point looking down at Gaza behind us. Uh, so as I mentioned, if sirens sound, we have to run for cover because we have less than 10 seconds to take shelter from incoming rocket attacks that are launched from the Gaza Strip. And yesterday, again, a rocket landed just across the road from where we're standing uh, right now. Thankfully, no one was hurt, but John Huddy was reporting on camera. It might not be audible, but what we've been hearing is this constant bombardment. There is artillery, um, there has been airstrikes, all the sounds you expect to hear in an active combat zone. A spokesperson for the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, said that its troops have encircled Gaza City inside the Gaza Strip and that Israel's military has advanced significantly and is now in the heart of the ground operation, stepping up its bombardment in northern Gaza as Israel has vowed to annihilate Hamas and its command structure. U.S. officials said today that between 800,000 to 1 million people have moved to the south of Gaza after being told to flee by Israel's military. Even today, the IDF posted on social media urging residents to head south for safety, but some 350 to 400,000 people remain uh, in the north despite it now being a battleground. Correspondent Shelby Wilder in the thick of it on the ground just outside the Gaza Strip Saturday night on Newsmax. And as Representative Hageman said, the battle over funding Israel, getting humanitarian aid into Gaza and getting hostages out will continue on Capitol Hill this week. On Saturday, most of the Republican presidential candidates gathered at a posh hotel in Orlando, Florida for the Florida GOP Summit. With your help, we are going to win the Florida primary for the third straight time. We're going to win the state in a landslide next November, just like we've done twice. Over the last three election cycles, the brand of Republicans has become toxic, very difficult to attract people uh, to the party. We have to nominate a conservative who can unite our party beat Joe Biden and create a red wave across this nation from sea to shining sea. I have respected Donald Trump more than anybody else in this race because he was the best president of the 21st century. I've said that before. And I will say it again because it's the right thing to do. We will honor that legacy. Then there was Chris Christie and Asa Hutchinson. It never makes America a better place, whether it's on a college campus in the Ivy League or whether it's in an auditorium in Orlando, for us to be booing and shouting down opinions we don't agree with. It will make a difference for those down ticket races for Congress and Senate. Obviously, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is very popular with Republicans and voters here in his home state of Florida, but the majority of the voters that were there were there to see Donald Trump, who is, of course, also a Florida resident now, or full-time Florida resident. DeSantis is a great guy, but he's been more of a, of a politician. And right now, we need a bulldog, and that's Trump. He's a force to be reckoned with. He's a businessman. Um, his policies, we, had, we were energy independent. Our borders were more secure. We weren't at war. Uh, I, I just think for, for what, where our country is right now, he's the guy to fix it. So at one point, Trump, who spoke for more than an hour, brought several Florida lawmakers who have endorsed him over DeSantis or switched from endorsing DeSantis initially back to Trump on stage. 
My people said, sir, don't hit him. He's a Republican. I said, I don't care if he's a Republican. And we hit him hard, and now he's like a wounded falling bird from the sky. DeSantis said it's politicians being politicians and endorsements don't win elections, kind of shrugging it off or trying to shrug it off. A big endorsement of former President Trump over Florida Governor Ron DeSantis just came last week from former Florida Governor and Republican Senator Rick Scott. Meanwhile, DeSantis is scoring a big endorsement today from Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds. And the third Republican presidential debate is set to take place Wednesday night in Miami, Florida. There will only be five candidates on stage this time. DeSantis, former South Carolina Governor and U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, who was not at Saturday's event in Orlando. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, Chris Christie, and businessman Vivek Ramaswamy. There is no possibility with the lead he has or any one of them at this point, they should be falling out and supporting their party's candidate. Uh, There's no need for these debates. And as I mentioned, the new poll shows Donald Trump is ahead of President Biden in five of six key battleground states, including by 11 points in Nevada, a state that Joe Biden won back in 2020. This according to the New York Times Siena poll of 3,662 registered voters that was taken between October 22nd and November 3rd. It has President Biden beating Trump by two points in the battleground state of Wisconsin. The people over at MSNBC this morning, they were losing their minds absolutely besides themselves over the new numbers. And again, talking about Biden being compassionate and sympathetic and Trump is such a terrible human being. But not a word about the debacle at the border, not a word about the economy, food prices or gas prices. I mean, they're millionaires over there, multimillionaires, right? Joe and Mika, they don't care about prices at the pump or at the at the grocery store. They just love that Biden's all warm and fuzzy, supposedly. I mentioned that the former president will testify in the New York fraud trial against him and his company today. A lot more on that in a moment. But first, a word from our fantastic sponsor. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As a radio host and news reporter, I spent many years waking up in the middle of the night to go to work. I went from going to bed at 2, 3 a.m. to having to wake up at 2 or 3 a.m. And a lot of times I would try and trick myself or my brain that I could sleep for 2 or 3 hours and everything's going to be okay. I could stay up to midnight for the end of a movie or a game and everything would be fine, right? I could go out with my friends and drink no less and everything was going to be okay. I'm sure you've experienced something like this at some point in your life, right? When you knew what you should do, you knew what the right thing to do was, but you just couldn't do it. Like your brain keeps getting in the way. Or when you try to go to sleep, but your mind just keeps on working because there's so much stuff up there, right? There's just so much to deal with. Whatever you may be dealing with, or maybe you don't want to deal with it, or you can't deal with it. If you're thinking about therapy, you may want to give BetterHelp a try. It's completely online, which makes it super convenient. All you do is fill out a short questionnaire, and you get matched up with a licensed therapist therapist that's right for you. So stop doing whatever it is that you know you shouldn't be doing. Make your brain your friend with better help. Visit betterhelp.com/newsmax today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com/newsmax. 
All right, so the big story. Former President Donald Trump will be in court today, only days after his sons Don Jr. and Eric Trump testified as well. This is former New Jersey Superior Court Judge Andrew Napolitano. Judge, always great to have you. Uh, Looking ahead to Monday, what do you anticipate from former President Trump when he takes the stand? A, and B, should he take the stand? Well, I'll answer B first, Katrina. He doesn't have an option not to take Uh the stand. You may say, well, what about the Fifth Amendment right not to be compelled to incriminate yourself? That only pertains in criminal cases. Remember, he is not taking the stand here as a witness for his side. He is being called against his will. This has already been tested in the appellate courts in New York. He is being called against his will by the government as a government witness. Now, what will we see? Well, you'll probably see a very combative Donald Trump. This is the first time, as far as uh, as I know, that he has testified in public under oath in a trial where he is a, a defendant, certainly since he's been president of the United States. So I know that there will be four people in that courtroom who have nothing to do with this case. And they will be the chief prosecutors in the New York prosecution, the Georgia prosecution, the Florida prosecution and the D.C. prosecution to see how well he does. What does he have to do? He has to attempt to persuade this trial judge. Remember, there's no jury here, Katrina and Bobby has to persuade this trial judge that he innocently signed off on documents that were prepared by his lawyers uh, and accountants. It's not going to be easy because the judge has already proved or the judge has already ruled that the deception orchestrated by the former president was palpable and was there. Judge, I feel like a lot of the country is looking at this as like this case is already closed. The judge, there's no trial or a jury here. The judge is making the decision. You just hit on it. Expand on it for us. Is there any way that Trump could sway this Judge Engeron's <laughs> mind at this point? Is it even possible? Well, here's how he can. Uh, Donald Trump is very good when it comes to numbers. So the government claims that the Trump organization earned excess profits as a result of giving the wrong information to the bank and getting low interest loans. Donald Trump probably understands the books and records of the Trump organization well enough to demonstrate to the judge out of the former president's own mouth that these profits weren't nearly what the government says they were. The argument that nobody lost any money, we didn't do this intentionally, we didn't harm anybody, nobody sued us, that's water uh, over the dam because the judge has already ruled that they engaged in fraud. Mm -hmm. So the only issue here is how much money should be extracted from them. That's where Trump personally has the strength here. And that's what his own lawyers will go to when they cross-examine their own client, the former president, after the government finishes with him. Former New Jersey Superior Court Judge Andrew Napolitano on American Agenda. And you heard him say the fact that there was no real crime committed or no victims 
as we've been hearing about, is now water over the dam or water under the bridge. This is mainly about how much Trump is going to have to pay. And Trump will then be cross-examined by his own attorneys. Now, that is going to be very interesting. Newsmax weekend host Joe Pinion also spoke about it with New York defense attorney Jared Roberts. Jared, he has been very vocal, as when he alluded to. He's been at the trial. Uh, he stormed out of the courtroom one day because he was so upset with the judge. Can he maintain his composure on the stand? He'll be asked some very tough questions. I sat in that courtroom. The prosecution, very pointed in how they get to what the, their point of the, the, the questioning is. I, I think <clears throat> the president can definitely maintain his composure on the stand. I mean, he's a very professional businessman. He... He's going to do fine in these proceedings. But at the end of the day, I mean, he does have every right to be angry at what is happening. This has turned into a complete political show that the New York Attorney General has brought to simply advance her own political career. She ran on the idea that she was going to get Trump. I mean, it's a political sideshow what is happening here in New York. They're trying to disrupt his entire motive his entire campaign for 2024 they're trying to just throw him down in any way that they can and i mean you see this in the judge there now expanding the gag order to his lawyers expand putting the gag order on him they don't have any actual intention of having a fair trial here they're just trying to put him down to try to damper his chances for 2024 and i think the american people are going to see right through it yeah, Eric Trump, he spoke to the press after the testimony. Uh, that was on, uh, I believe, Thursday and Friday. He was on the stand. Here's what he said. I've always been a believer that the truth comes out at the end. It will here. Um, I think we're winning it. If we have a fair system, this thing will be over very, very soon. And I, uh, I, I hope we're afforded the same level of fairness that anybody else that didn't wear the Trump name would have. That's Eric Trump speaking to reporters outside of the courtroom after his testimony last week. Now, keep in mind, this is a former president of the United States, the current leading presidential candidate, testifying in court, being questioned and cross-examined. This is big. This is massive. It's going to get massive coverage. Be sure to watch Newsmax for more on that today and tonight. And for more on New York and a lawsuit that's being brought against the state of New York, let's go to Newsmax's Saturday Agenda. Let's play the would you rather game. If an active shooter barged into your church or synagogue, would you rather have a gun or at least know someone near you who does? Or would you rather be a sitting duck and wait for the police to respond in a few minutes? Should be a no brainer, right? Not if you live in a blue state with no brains like New York, where Albany Democrats responded to that horrific killing of 10 people at a supermarket in Buffalo last year by prohibiting law-abiding citizens from protecting themselves in so-called sensitive areas like schools and houses of worship. In a study by the Crime Prevention Research Center, 97.8% of mass shootings in the U.S. happen in, you guessed it, a gun-free zone. Joining me now to discuss their legal action against New York is Svi Waldman, founder of the New York State Jewish Gun Club. So thanks for being with us. The federal lawsuit, Goldstein v. Hochul, is interesting because the state basically says you have to pick either the First Amendment or the Second Amendment, but you can't have both, right? Correct. So tell me about the lawsuit. Yeah, just um, 
you know, after the Supreme Court ruled on the Bruin decision, the state of New York um, decided to go on a tantrum, you know. So they went ahead and they banned a whole list of places where you cannot carry the gun. And one of the places is a house of worship. As an Orthodox Jew, we spend like over 20 hours a week in a synagogue. Um, they claim we should just hire security. But um, I don't need to outsource my First Amendment, right? There's no reason why we have to outsource our personal security. Our founding fathers wrote it into the Constitution. It's as clear as day. And, and this is not may, it's shall not. So you're, you're not allowed, even if the, the pastor or the rabbi says it's okay. You're not allowed at this point, correct? Correct. Correct. They made an exemption if you're um, the person in charge of security. Um, the problem with that is um, in order for you to be in charge of security, you need to have insurance. In order to have insurance, you need to be an armed guard. Um, a, and registered armed guards were already exempted from the law. So this law did absolutely nothing. Well, it's also sensitive areas like Times Square and many other places. So you, you literally can't carry anywhere is basically how they set it up. If you're a concealed carry holder in New York, and you go into New York City, you don't even know areas where you can't walk anymore. And if you get stopped, even though you have a permit, you could be a felon the next morning because you're on the wrong street. Rob Astorino on Saturday Report, one of the many great Newsmax weekend shows. And President Biden has traveled from his home in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, to Newcastle, Delaware, to meet with Amtrak workers and talk up Bidenomics. He's also introducing a $16.4 billion investment to rebuild crumbling infrastructure in the country, with a portion of that going to Amtrak, I guess, or at least to the rail system. There is no shortage of news, of course, and don't forget Newsmax is available on most major cable systems. Also, be sure to sign up for your free trial of the new Newsmax Plus. Go to NewsmaxPlus.com. That's NewsmaxPlus.com. Sign up for a free trial. It includes all of your favorite Newsmax shows, Rob Schmidt, Eric Bowling, Greta, Carl Higby, Greg Kelly, analysis from people like Mike Huckabee, Carrie Lake, uh, Alan Dershowitz, and many others. Again, it's NewsmaxPlus.com for your free trial. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Newsmax Daily. Continue to share it with your friends and family. It's also free, by the way. Enjoy the rest of your Monday and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.